yeah, we started in 2016. Since we launched, we've grown over 100% every year. Um, we're on track to do more than 60 million this year in sales. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Jeremy Parker. He's an entrepreneur and award-winning documentary filmmaker, currently the co-founder and CEO of Swag.com, which was acquired by Custom Inc. a couple months ago, back in November 2021. Swag.com is the best place for companies to buy and distribute quality swag that people will actually want to keep. Jeremy, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. So much swag ends up in the trash, man. You guys do something special? what's What's the secret to swag that people keep? That's actually a good question. So we're very curated. So we don't offer thousands of mugs or thousands of water bottles. It's really the top of what's out there. So the top 20, top 25, it makes sure that people actually get stuff that they want to hold on to, not in the trash, but it also makes the decision-making a lot easier. They don't have to be paralyzed by choice. They can find what they're looking for, design it, buy it, and know that the people that get it are really going to love it. So give me an example. Like what's the, what's the, top, what's the number one sort of piece of swag you're recommending in 2022 as everyone comes back to conferences and real-time events? Yeah, I'm, I'm really about not necessarily the flashy things or like the unique things. I, I want to offer people products that they'll actually want to keep. So even like a really great backpack or a water bottle, except for the bottle is a really high quality one. It's not going to you know be flimsy or break or leak. I want to make sure that people are getting stuff that is actually going to be held onto. So, mm-hmm. and also we try to push people not to necessarily be a walking billboard. A lot of people think of swag as look at me, I'm promoting this brand, but it's really about the recipient who gets it. You want them to fall in love with it. And ultimately they could become an evangelist for the brand. So that's really, the goal. I want them really high quality stuff. And you got going on this back in, I think 2016, right? Yep. Yeah. We started in 2016. Since we launched, we've grown over hundred percent every year. Um, we're on track to do more than 60 million this year in sales. And we have nearly 10,000 customers at this point, ranging from you know, Amazon and Facebook to a lot of smaller startups. But 60 really, million and ha- how many SKUs? We have about 5,000 SKUs on the site, but about 80% of our products are within about 300 SKUs. Uh, from three, interesting, 300 SKUs. Very interesting. And so how, how many individual pieces of swag is equal to 60 million in GMV? Yeah, it's a good question. It's 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 millions of pieces of swag. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'd be surprised if you knew that off the top of your head, but I, I was curious. Interesting. And I guess a better question would be: um, la- Let's do last year. So in twenty twenty one, how many individual corporations bought at least one piece of swag through Swag dot com? Yeah, it was nearly five thousand companies. Wow, wow. And what do you think it'll be this year? We're hoping to double every year. So it's really about you know, keeping the, our customers happy, but also getting getting new customers. Well, you can double either your customer account, but you can still double revenue by driving expansion. So you do think the strategy of just adding 5,000 more customers, that's where most of your growth will come from, not expansion. Oh, I think both. I, I think we're trying a lot of different things. We have a lot of new features that are completely different than what we're currently offering that I think will help us expand. Um, but even just the customers right now, like just putting things in perspective, we have about six salespeople. You know, two years ago, we had one salesperson. So we're very early in terms of outbound sales. We have zero outbound salespeople at this point. All of our sales. What's the total team size? 
Uh, if you include our, our dev team, we're, we're close to 80 people at this point. Wow. How many engineers? Uh, 25. So 80 minus 25 minus six, that leaves like, where's the other, what do these other 50 people do? It's operations, a lot of the back end after the orders are placed. It's the marketing team. It's um, customer success, you know, handling the live chats on the site. It's, it's more of that kind of stuff. Interesting. Now, from what I, my research team is telling me here, you guys are pretty darn, even pre-acquisition, you guys are pretty darn capital efficient. What was sort of your funding story before November, 2021? Yeah, we raised less than 4 million all in. Um, and we only raised about 1.25 million in the pandemic because obviously, as you can imagine, the whole world fell apart, especially like events and trade shows, a big part of our business went away in early 2020. So we just wanted to make sure we could raise some money just to make sure that we're safe. So we raised our biggest round in like the worst time, but really it was kind of to shore up things. So we raised about 1.25 million right when the pandemic hit. Um, we ended up actually growing over 100%. So we went from 7 million in 2019. The whole world fell apart. Our whole industry dropped 20 to 40%. We ended up doing over 15 and a half million in 2020. 2021, 33 million. This year, we're hopefully on track to break 60 million um, and keep growing. You know, we've really figured out a niche for ourselves. We were very ahead of the curve. So in 2017, we saw a shift of work from home culture, uh, people trying to engage with their you know, employees and teams and best customers. So we built an automated distribution platform. So customers can buy swag, we'll hold an inventory and do individual distributions to remote addresses. This was pre the pandemic. Pandemic hits, it becomes like a need to have, frankly. Everyone's remote, everyone's disconnected. So we had that kind of source to allow people to, to keep connectivity happening within the company. So are you paying, I mean, are one of your big expenses monthly, literally warehouse space, you're drop shipping, you're, you're storing the swag until it needs to be shipped? Uh, sometimes. So sometimes people buy swag and we ship it directly from our suppliers to their office or to their home address. Sometimes we hold an inventory and we do individual distributions. We have a 3PL that we work with. They charge us storage fees and we pass those costs um, to our customers. So That's we make it really easy for them to, to do it. And we're not looking to make that a profit center. That's more of just a way that we can allow people to consolidate swag, uh, bundle things up together and do that individual distribution. Yeah, that makes sense. Take me back real quick to the starting days, 2016. I think you had one other co-founder. Do you guys just split 50-50 at the start or what was that conversation like? Yeah, exactly. 50-50 at the start. I was very <laughs> uh, front of the house. Um, everything to, to do with the branding user experience. Um, and my partner was very accounting-based focused. He was all the back of the house. And, and that has allowed us to really grow because we were never stepping on each other's toes. And he believed in my vision um, for leading the business in terms of how we're going to get there. And I believe that he would be able to take care of the business side of things. And and I guess you were basically like so close to being effectively bootstrapped, right? I mean, you took, I think, I think that first one was an accelerator, right? It was Techstars. Yeah. We raised a little bit of money before Techstars um, just to buy the domain name because we knew oh. how valuable the brand name would be uh, from the very beginning of the business. Wait, Jeremy, what's the number? Come on. What'd you pay for swag? Well, we had, we did a unique, a unique thing where we basically licensed the name and we ultimately ended up buying it at a later period, but it was $200,000 that we ultimately, that was the number that we bought it for ultimately. Did you negotiate the 200,000 upfront when the license started? So all your license fees contributed to the 200 K purchase price. It wasn't that way, but it was originally asking like, I think close to like 1.2 million. We brought it down to 200,000. Then we worked at a deal where we licensed the name with the option to buy it. So it made sense. Was um, it worth it? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> being able to convert offline conversations to online purchasing is amazing. So imagine you come across a swag ad, you might not need 
swag today. You might need swag in a year from now. But when you're talking to your coworkers, your boss, and you say, hey, I need some high quality swag, I want it to trigger them to go back to our site. And that's what's happening. People just don't forget the name. So it was, it was an unbelievable buy for us. And then, and I think that pre-seed around, I think what Techstars model is they did 120 for 7% or something like that. Yeah. About that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. for us, we were working, you know, out of my co-founder's pool table room in, in his apartment building. So heads down. And we felt like at that point we need to expand kind of the vision and we needed more people to, to have eyeballs on the product. So, you know, being part of Techstars, you just get introduced to so many investors and so many potential customers and other founders going through similar challenges. So it really allowed us to kind of figure out where we want to be and where we could take it. So when we joined Techstars, it was just two of us and we had one employee at that point. And uh, from that moment, we did 1 million to 3 million to 7 million, 15 million, and really, you know, 33 million expanded from there. And so why give up about a million bucks worth of equity in May, 2019 in that, in that seed round? Why? I mean, you didn't need the money, right? It's dilutive. Why'd you do it? In January, May, 2019, we did about, I think like a $700,000 round. Okay. We, at that point, Point, we realized this distribution model. We actually needed the money to build out this whole new business. If you think about it, the business was doing really well in terms of growing every single month in terms of bulk ordering and distribution to one address. In 2019, we really realized the shift of work from home culture. That was a big heavy lift. It's really building a whole new infrastructure, 3PLs, warehousing, all the complexities of you know calculating shipping times and shipping costs in real time based on bundling of products and all these kinds of efficiencies that we've never dealt with. So we had to learn this whole thing. We had to hire the right people. We had to build the tech. I would do it all over again because that really allowed us to grow over hundred percent where our whole industry kind of fell off uh, the face of the world during the COVID. So, and also it's allowing us to really scale up at this. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. You know, you're not like a traditional SaaS business here. When we say 7 million of sales in 2019, how much of that? What's the margin? It's quite like 20, 30% margin profile? Uh, a little bit more, about 35%. 35%. Okay, interesting. So, so 10, 10%, 7, 7, 7. So, you had about two, after the cost of the goods, you had about 2.2 million before salaries and all that jazz, top line. Yep. yep. Okay, so that makes sense why you'd raise some extra capital here. It's not like you got seven million, you know, going to the bottom line. Yep. Um, interesting. Okay, and then you obviously raised during COVID. It sounds really like a cushion. Uh, you just want to be one hundred percent sure you have lasting power. That sounds like that could be pretty darn dilutive, was it? Uh, not as bad as it could have been. Um, we, we we still did an up round. So the previous oh, wow. round, yes, everyone was going down. Everyone was. We still had a a not a huge you know increase, but definitely a, a, a somewhat of an increase. Um, and it was enough that we're like, it's enough money to make sure that we have the next two years. If we ever had challenges, we weren't burning a lot of money because we're making a lot of sales. Yep. So, yep. and just to put it in our perspective, we were doing about 800,000 or so right before a month, right before the pandemic hit pandemic hits, our sales drop off to 300,000. So you can Ooh. imagine being in a space where every trade show, every event, all offices are being closed. 
like how can you survive doing 300,000 when the team is built for like break even at 800,000? So we had yeah. to do that. We got about five months later, our sales started to incrementally grow. And in November, December, we're doing three to four million a month in sales. So it really picked up at the end of the year. Yep. Fair to say that 1.2 million round during COVID, you're selling what, 15 to 20% of the business, something in that range? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So look, dilutive, but not the end of the world. Yeah. A little bit less right. than that. Exactly. A little bit less than 15%. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So, okay. So now take me through a big decision, biggest maybe moment of your life. What yeah. Custom Inc. approaches you, you approach them. How'd the deal go down? Yeah. Custom Inc. Uh, approached us. We, we had a, um, a just friendly conversations because obviously we know of Custom Inc. from the very beginning. They're the leader. They're the kind of preeminent company in our industry. And they're very focused on the consumer space. Um, organizations, charities, et cetera. And, and we're very, we're only exclusively focused on the B2B space. So we always had, to, we knew that we weren't doing exactly the same thing, but we could learn a lot from them. And we had you know, a lot of conversations. We met with their team. Frankly, we, we really started to like their team. They're really great people. They're unbelievably smart. They're dedicated. Many of their employees have been there for 20 plus years. It's mm -hmm. one of these kind of cultures that really, it's an amazing company culture and the people are just really great. So when we start getting to know them even more and seeing all the similarities and synergies and what we could do together, we thought, what if we could combine forces? What can we build together versus independently? And it just made a lot of sense. If I'm guessing acquisition, I mean, was it, pro was it public? What they, what did no, you no, we're buy not, it for? We're not, we're not um, disclosing the number. Yeah. So if I take the closest comp I have, which would be December, 2020, where you're doing 15.5 million revenue that year, you raised a 1.25 million seed at around a 10 million valuation, right? And then we wow. extrapolate that to 33 million run rate, which is right around where we were when the acquisition happened. You could argue is definitely north of, it should have been definitely north of a $20 million sort of valuation. Are you able to confirm that or no? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's safe to say that. Okay, fair. There we go. There, go. there you have it, guys. A little bit of juice you're not going to get in the press release. More than 20 million. So what are you doing now? I mean, obviously you're growing internally like crazy, doubling up to 60 million. That's that's not easy to do. Are you sticking around for a couple more years or working on a new idea? No, no. I'm I'm 100% um, running swag.com. You know, we are our whole team joined. Everybody on the team is really excited. We feel like there's just so much opportunity. It's an amazing, it's a huge industry. I mean, the, the promotional product industry is about $23 billion industry, but the gifting space is over $100 billion. There's just so much kind of room for us to grow, and we're just scratching the surface. Now, we are a very small player in the scheme of this, but we're not going to be that way in a few years. And we really mm -hmm. feel like there's so much opportunity. So we're heads down, guns blazing. We're not slowing down anytime soon. How does customing keep you so motivated? I mean, it sounds like you made some personally something like five to eight million, you know, whatever pre post tax on this deal alone. Uh, it, I mean, what is there big handcuffs here, big earnout, stock and custom ink, or what? Um, definitely stock and custom ink, no handcuffs, okay. no earnout. It's, um, it's really just about us believing in the vision and, and that we feel like we can make a lot more personally. And also, the business can do a lot better and we could affect a lot more customers and we could give customers a great experience. Um, just feel like there's just a lot of room personally, professionally for everybody involved. You know? uh, I'm going to go on a weird tangent here for a second. Web3 and swag. I'd love to, obviously, when we're sponsoring events to give people that visit our booth something that they can virtually activate in our you know, Web3 world after the event. Would you guys are even, are you even thinking about virtual goods yet at this point or no? Yeah, we are definitely thinking about it. And we're trying to figure out what makes sense without having to be so gimmicky or yeah. just trying to be like a me too kind of company. We want to make sure that we're offering is actually a value. Um, so yeah, we're definitely thinking about it and we have some ideas, but 
you never know with every idea you throw it out there, you see what works, you know, being okay with failure and then ultimately hopefully finding on it. And if it doesn't work, then you move on. So, yeah. All right, man, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite book. Favorite book, living with the seal, Jesse Isler. Living with a seal. Oh, yep. living like a seal. Yeah. Liv- living with the seal. Yep. Oh, with the seal. Okay. Got it. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? CEO studying? Uh, not really. No, okay. but I, I, I've, you know, I work under Mark Katz, who's an amazing CEO of Custom Inc. And, you know, I feel like I'm getting a lot of knowledge that otherwise I probably couldn't get seeing how somebody operates a 2000 plus person company and does it with, uh, you know, humility and grace. And I feel like, I feel like I'm learning a lot, um, just being involved in the business. It's Custom Inc. public? No, private. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, number three, how, uh, what's your favorite online tool for building swag? Uh, favorite online tool. We use HubSpot. I think HubSpot is obviously a huge impact for us. Intercom. Um, being able to connect directly with our customers, live chat, um, Figma for design user experience. So and number, a lot of different tools. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I try to get close to seven. I have a 20, almost a 24 month old baby. So oh, wow. a little bit less maybe these days. Okay. So married, how many kids? I married one kid and, uh, oh, one, okay. and, and one on the way. Oh, very good. That's very exciting. Congratulations, Jeremy. Uh, how old are you? 36. 36. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Um, yeah, well, I learned a lot over the course of my career, but I think the main thing for, for my younger self would be just launch, learn on the way. Don't be too you know, nervous about launching or being afraid. Cause that was definitely, you know, was a big issue early on in my career. You know, wanting things to be perfect before you launched. And once you launch, you realize that all the things you care about, your customers don't really care about. So trying to, you know, just get yourself out of the way and try to learn from customers. Guys, launched swag.com in 2017, paid 200,000 bucks for the domain name, split equity with his partner 50 50. Fast forward a couple of years, they did 30, 30, 33 million bucks, survived COVID last year, on track to do 60 million this year across over 10,000 uh, businesses that are purchasing at least one piece of swag. Uh, oh, we'll have over 5,000 SKUs, 300 are the most popular, but again, scaling quick here. Now, inside of Custom Inc., uh, Custom Inc. acquired the business for call it, more than 20 million bucks. Uh, that's great economics. Jeremy only raised under 4 million bucks to grow the business uh, pre acquisition. So now building inside of Custom Inc, learning a ton, team of 80, 25 engineers, six on the sales team. We'll see what happens next. Jeremy, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you so much for, uh, for meeting.